find this hard to believe. I misspoke Sunday. Since there were no glitches in our Sunday morning church service, um, you'll find this hard to believe. But I said First Chronicles. That's not where we're going. We're going to First Kings. So for anybody that read First Chronicles, getting prepared, I'm so sorry that I made you waste your time in reading that. Reading that. Uh, but we are in First Kings. Uh, we did a, I'll explain real quick. Let me explain my error. We have, in the, some years back, we did a study in First and Second Samuel. And the purpose of going to First Kings is I wanted to pick up on that from that study and move forward. The study in Romans, listen, I'm going to be honest with you, that messed me over in a good way. It did. It messed with me in a very good way. It was a very strong and clear theological message that doctrinal statement that, that Paul was making, that we are nothing apart from Christ. There is no good in any of us there, apart from Christ. Therefore, we have no right, no right at all, to try to judge another based on their lack of uh, holiness as we perceive it, when in actuality there is no holiness intrinsically within me it's what Christ does in me so it was a, a very powerful 15 chapters but that 16th chapter of Romans man it did it did me in that oh that got me that really got me and I'm not saying I want to shift gears because that was so passionate but I don't think I would want to jump into an Acts study after what we did. We went through an Acts study for the 16th chapter of Romans in a sense. But I think it would be good for us to do a historical study. Uh, this is a more historical book. We're going to discuss historical events, biblical historical events. And we're going to look at these individual people's lives and dive into them. And boy, is this first one a doozy. This first one is a doozy. So forgive me for misspeaking on Sunday and saying Chronicles instead of Kings. I fully accept responsibility for my actions and I have no guilt or shame whatsoever. So there's my public statement on that misspeaking. Um, <laughs> what we're going to do tonight is, is we're, we're going to get into chapter 1 of 1 Kings. But if you have been a part of any of our Bible studies, you know that we don't just go to 1 Kings, read those verses, have a very little light, you know, surface-level discussion, and then move on. We don't just dive into it. We swim all around. And we make sure that we pick up everything that there is to bring into the understanding of what's taking place in the story that we're discussing or the the, the chapter, the verse, uh, the, the individual word uh, in each verse, we dig in and pull out and extract everything we possibly can. Question, how many of you enjoy surface-level conversations with people that have absolutely no value and meaning? Yeah, exactly, me either. Don't you like when you can have a conversation with someone and it gets down to the meat? You really get to meet the person, pun intended there. You really get to know them. You're, you're not just, you, you hear their hurts, their pains, their struggles. You hear about the, the victories that they've uh, had in their life. 
it's kind of hard to study the life of David and not dive into and experience everything that is available to us recorded by men at the under the inspiration of God to give us the story of David. Now, quickly, uh, we, we don't have to be in a hurry. I, I don't mean it like that. I'm just saying I, I'm not going to dilly here too long. But tell me about David, from you, from your knowledge, where you, and it, there's no insult here when I say from your knowledge. I don't mean you're an idiot. Tell me a little bit of knowledge you have. <laughs> Just randomly, I want people to tell me something about David. Anybody, what is something you know about David? Oh, boy, you had to right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Yeah, I know. Man, after God's own heart. For those of you who may not be used to our Wednesday night Bible studies, this is as good as it gets right here. My handwriting does not improve from this point forward. Something else about David. Okay, a shepherd. Something else. Keep them coming. I can write fast, sort of. Who? What, what was that one you said? Warrior. And I heard the other one. Loud and clear. Keep them coming. Oh, there you go. King. What else? Like, like tell me, like, like what, some of the events in David's life. Like, what was David famous for? There you go, Goliath. What else? What'd you say? Oh, yeah. Jump right into it there. What else? Saul. Keep him coming. Anything else? Murder. Oh, somebody get this guy a drink. Murder. Adulterer. Hold on. Martha, you are really sullying this first statement. But no, no, that's, that's intentional. Keep them coming. What else? And it's not slander if it's recorded in Scripture, so you can say what you know about David. I'm going to add one. He was a liar. What else? He was of great stature. Is that what you mean? He was of great stature. He's very highly regarded. Here's a cup. What? What? No, that's that's right. Musician. Don't anybody say, and that's why he was in so much trouble, because all musicians are like that. I'm a good boy. <laughs> yeah. and that's, there's no denying that. I'm gonna, and I'm going to spell it just like that, repenter. He was a repenter. What else about that? Here, here's a couple I'm going to throw in. David was a husband in multiple regards. He was a father. And just really quickly, I want to 
mention that as a husband and as a father, he wasn't too good at those things. Well, now that we've completely disparaged David, let's study him biblically. What do you say, right? Let's, let's, let's look into this, <laughs> into this biblically. What, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 1 and look at verses 1 through 4. Now, we are, not go, we are going to launch from here, but instead of launching forward, we're going to launch backwards. So keep your finger in 2 Samuel chapter whatever that is. Now, King David was old and advanced in years. And although they covered him with clothes, he could not get warm. Therefore his servants said to him, let a, this is weird, let a young woman be sought for my lord the king, and let her wait on the king and be in his service. Let her lie, let, let her lie in your arms, that my lord the king may be warm. So they sought for a beautiful young woman throughout all of the territory of Israel, and found Abishag the Shunammite. You know what, man? When I think of like beautiful names, that does not exactly jump out to me. Is like Abishag, and brought her to the king. The young woman was very beautiful, had a weird name, and she was of service to the king and attended to him. But the king knew her not. <clears throat> First thing out of the gate here. We'll stop right here. Braden, the word knew her not. Do you know what that? That means that they were not intimate. There was no sexual relationship between David and this young woman. That still does not make this that much less weird. Isn't this strange? Like, like tell me you're honest. I mean, say, you, you can talk out loud. But honestly, how does this story make, what, what does it make you, not make, what do you think of this? What are you hearing here? He had a home health nurse, a home health, a home, a home health nurse, that's right. Visiting angel, oh gosh, come on, Robert, that's not funny, man, why am I laughing at that? That's awful, oh, goodness gracious, they're never going to take me seriously, I laughed at that. But, but like, like, seriously, how does that, all right, for those of you that are under 16, what does this sound like to you? Does this, this sound normal? It's creepy. Yes. Yes, this is not normal. So, like, like, what would you do if this were your daughter or this were, were you, you, you were Abishag? L.A., you are Abishag. <laughs> How does this sound? Like this whole situation, we're talking about King David. King David is old. Now, King David is not old like 263 years old, like David, King David the slide turner. But he is about 70 years old. 70. Anybody in here 70? <laughs> No, I don't, want to, I don't want anybody to break anything. <laughs> what? Think about this. David is not really that old. I'm not saying that he doesn't have health. He does. For a man that is 70, to be in a situation to where he's suffering from hypothermia, 
because there's no circulation. What kind of life has he lived? Think about that. Talking about David's life and the life he's lived, do you think David suffered physically from injuries and such from his lifestyle that he's lived? Anybody here ever gone to war with a sword in your hand and a shield? Who said yeah? Who said that? I want to know who said that. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> I've, heard the, I've heard stories of those who have been in combat. Physiological, psychologically, physically, the, the effects of the stress of being in combat. Like you, you know the story of, of Jesus when he's in the garden praying. And it says he began to sweat great drops of blood. Intense stress and pressure. By, by pressure, I mean like psych, psychological pressure. Intense stress can cause the capillaries under your skin to burst. And instead of sweat coming out, blood will come out of your capillaries looking like you are sweating great drops of blood. Do you know where else that's reported? In war. Men in foxholes. Under such stress the capillaries burst and they have what looks like sweat and, sweat and blood I don't care how much of a person of faith you are I know David had great faith and David fought Goliath, I, I get that but when David went to war did you ever think there were times when he was stressed? not only that what about David's personal life? oh my goodness anybody here got one husband, one wife what's that like? I do not appreciate that comment that came out from the back of the room. It, was a, it wasn't a comment. It was, a, it was an utterance of breath. That's what it was. <laughs> I want you to imagine seven or more of those spouses. Y'all ever been out somewhere and your wife or your husband thinks somebody's checking you out? You ever done that? Ever, ever done that? How does that? How does that go? Why is everybody getting so quiet all of a sudden? Boy, everybody is just everybody is just like what? I tell you what, we need to paint that ceiling, man. It's in pretty bad shape. Huh? <laughs> now I want you to imagine that. That person is not just some random person that you think is checking your spouse out, but that's their other wife or their other husband. You feeling sick to your stomach yet? Oh, boy, I can always count on him to jump straight in there. You know, it's like we're going. That's where we're going. I know, that's where we're going. It's one of, it's one of our points, actually. <laughs> what, what stress do you think David has endured emotionally? Has David lost children? Several. Several. For instance, David sins with Bathsheba. What happens to the baby? It dies. What about Absalom? 
and his father said, I won't fight you. You can take it. Absalom, his hair, remember, is beautiful, dark hair. He gets caught in the trees. It's caught in a thicket. And what happens? Someone runs him through, kills him. Exactly, a lot. I don't remember what it was, but it was a lot. Five pounds. I got that much back hair in the shower. You know that? Not on my head, though. <laughs> well, I guess we just go home now. I mean, we, pre pre we pretty much ruined it. But <laughs> what about um, Tamar? Uh, what, what, oh, goodness, help me here. About uh, one of his sons, and what, what son was? Yes. So Absalom kills that son is that correct am I saying that right so David has had multiple children in his family that have died some were natural causes in the sense of the baby dying but then there was conflict within the family all of this is happening while David is what is that word on the top of the screen there king now, I've never pastored a church, so I don't know anything about this. But Everett does. When you are perceived as being in front of people, people will talk. I'm, I'm seriously, this is not some expose where I'm saying, oh yeah, people just run. I don't have that problem. I'm worried about that one, and I don't have that problem. But some people do. Do you think people were talking about the king? How are you going to run a country when? Right? Uh, yeah, you can't fire the king. <laughs> and you can't. You, never, okay, will this stop or will. We'll, we'll, we'll go downhill quick. <clears throat> David has suffered greatly at his own hand in many cases. What about the stress of simply doing what he feels the Lord is calling him to do and then having spears, javelins thrown at him by the current sitting king Saul? This man's life has been full of turmoil. When David goes to fight Goliath, what do his brothers say to him? Oh, here comes the glory hound. Oh, yeah, David going back to the, taking care of them sheep on the back side of the field where you belong. <laughs> mm -hmm. We discourage. Who do you think you are? So David, just doing the right thing, is brought in before Saul. Remember, David says, hey, what are you all doing running from this giant? God said, kill the giants. Go kill this giant. It's pretty simple. God will give you the victory. You just got to go fight. So David gets hauled before Saul. Saul says, here, put on my armor. I mean, there's a, pleth there's a multitude of explanations for that. But what I know is the king says, put on my armor. David said, this don't fit me. This isn't who I am. I don't want all the trappings of everything. I don't want that. Just let me go out here and do what I need to do. So David goes out, defeats Goliath. He gets heralded by the people, which causes Saul to be upset. 
And now Saul wants David to serve in his cabinet, so, or, or to, to serve him in his, in, his, in his house, but he's jealous of David. He liked having David in his home under his thumb, but he didn't like how he couldn't keep David under his thumb because God kept expanding David. I'm just trying to say that this guy has been through it. So now here he is, old, pushing 70s, 80, close to 80. I mean, I mean, I mean pushing, pushing the 70s, climbing toward 80s. He's, he's in the last stages of his life. And this is what we have recorded for us. This is one of the incidents. So let's talk about this. Yes, sir. Well, <laughs> who, who could he trust? David had put. David was in a position where everyone is gunning for the king. We're going to find out here. Just, I mean, don't tell anybody I told you this, but look at verse five. Somebody read verse 5 real quick. What does it say? Somebody read it out loud. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Dave, there's part of your answer. Everyone's wanting them to die so they can take over. Now, these advisors, I'm not questioning their loyalty. It says, Therefore his servants said to him, Let a young woman be sought for my lord, the king, and let her wait on the king and be in his service. Let her lie in your arms that my lord, the king, may be warm. So they are saying to him, This is what we advise you to do. But it almost comes across to me as them telling him what he should do, giving him the idea so that he'll go along with it because obviously he listens to the advice of these counselors, these servants. So David is old. He's in his last days or his, his last moments, his last chapter of life. And the story we have recorded is that he cannot stay warm. Therefore, they find a young woman to come and lie with David, nothing, fully platonic, nothing sexual. That's what I'm saying. That's a possibility. I'm not, I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying it, it could be. But then we look back on David's life and, you know, with the way he failed to parent and the circumstances surrounding his children and the, and the, and the, and the stories that we know of them, there are times when you kind of wonder, even then, was David <laughs> was he thinking right? What he did with, with Bathsheba. 
you know, you, but, but I mean, how many people, oh, Lord, don't answer this out loud. Nobody say anything when I say this. But have you ever known people that were fully sane, but you questioned if they had a brain because of what they just did? So it could be a little bit of, you know, that humanity of David comes out and, 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 Yeah, well, that's right. My, my grandfather used to keep the house at 97,000 degrees. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. He'd be shivering in the middle of July. And I'm like, what, what are you doing over here, man? Oh, I'm freezing to death. i got to turn the heat up. Turn the heat on, much less turn it up. Are you kidding me? I'm over here in my underwear sweating. Well, let's sit back here. But. So he, he <laughs> sorry, Robert, my bad. So they're, they're going to bring this, this, this young woman in to keep him warm. Jason, you mentioned this a minute ago, and I want to, I want to go, in this, go down this road. David has at least seven wives. Who knows how many concubines he has? Plus, he's the king. The king can do what they want. Could... If his wives just kept him warm one day a week, wouldn't he stay warm all week? Why aren't his wives in there keeping him warm? I think I answered my own question when I said it. Because there's wives. Can I, can I, everybody, close, no, don't, don't close your eyes because somebody might fall over, but... I want you to imagine with me your marriage right now and your or your relationship with your girlfriend, boyfriend right now. You ever gotten jealous before? I feel like I'm at the end of the service with every head bowed and all eyes closed, no one looking around. I'm going to ask you this question. Have you ever dealt with jealousy? Have you or a loved one ever been affected by jealousy? Have you ever gotten all right. <clears throat> Have you ever gotten mad about a dream you had? And you took it out on your significant other. Hopefully not on your significant others because that would be biblical and we don't want to do that. You ever done that before? You ever gotten angry about something that isn't even real? And you took it out on them? Have you ever, like for instance, have you ever been out of the store and you thought someone was checking out your, your boo? And because you thought someone was checking them out, you got mad at your boo? Well, you must have been showing something there that made them want to look at you. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> that's why I don't wear tank tops, bro. I can't, I can't let us always wear high neck, high collared shirts. You gotta, you gotta keep it separated. But when. Have you ever gotten jealous and you took it out on them? You got mad and you... I know nobody's ever done this, but you get mad so you don't talk to them. Or you get real quiet and they'll say, what's the matter? Leave me alone. What's wrong? I don't want to talk about it. You know. <laughs> if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. I'll be like, oh my gosh, I forgot I woke up this morning. Shoot. 
I want you to imagine if, if, it, if it went beyond a perceived situation. And there were seven other men, seven other women. How you... Do, Oh, oh, hi, David. Oh, you're old and you're really, really cold? Really? Oh, so you, you need somebody to keep you warm? Why don't you call them 27 other women of yours in here? You know what the other 26 women say? Or 27 women? Why don't you call them other 27 in here? I know this is like, you know, funny and all, but I can't help that and I'll pay for it because somebody will see this and be like, I can't believe he's telling jokes. I can't believe we're reading this, man. This is incredible. This is what God recorded. So, I can see why they could not have one of his wives to keep him warm. Now, I'm sure some Bible nerd's going to come along and, uh, actually, what's going on is his wives were advanced in years too. Listen to me. Everything that God records in His Word is relatable to all of us. Everything. We don't have to have these giant theological explanations for some things. This is really easy. This is simple. A couple of factors. One, ain't none of them women going to go keep him warm. Why is David with them anyway? Why are they with David? Well, they didn't have any choice. So there's no real love here. There was one woman in David's life that I think he loved her. He rescued her from an abusive husband. And I think he cared. But something happened in David's life. David went from the humble shepherd to the new and soon-to-be king. Watch what happens to him. See, David had a wife, Mikal, not Mikhail Gorbachev, but we'll call her Michelle. Saul's daughter. And Saul gave her away to another man, and that infuriated David. But it was the same Michelle that made fun of David. When David was celebrating the return of the ark, or the, bringing the ark to Jerusalem, and, or bringing it back from the Philistine country, and they, they were celebrating the ark coming back, and he danced and danced and danced and sang and was having the time of his life worshiping the Lord, and she made fun of him because he wasn't being king enough. I sometimes wonder if that affected David. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it embarrassed her that he wasn't acting kingly enough. And there's a part of me that wonders if David. Kind of forgot his roots there along the way. Let me read something to you. I don't know if I have it in the... Let me see if I can find it here. Just a second. I don't know if I wrote it down. In, or I, Let's see how smart I am, y'all. No, I'm pretty dumb. Give me just a second. I think I can find this. Somebody do the Jeopardy music while I'm looking for it. Don't, don't do that, please. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> um, who just did that? That's not it. 
I am looking for the list that Moses records for the king, what he is to, to do and not to do. Oh, come on. I know I wrote that. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. One second. Deuteronomy chapter 17 is where I'm going to be reading from. Long before Israel has a king, long before they have a king, Moses, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, or of, of, of the Spirit of God, writes this in verse 14. Now listen to what it says. Listen closely. When you come to the land that the Lord your God is giving you, what land is that? Canaan, Israel. And there were giants in that land at the time when, when the people of Israel settled there. When you get there and you possess it and you dwell in it and then say, I will set a king over me. Israel had no king at the time. Moses says, when you get into the land, you're going to want to be like all the other nations around you. You're going to want a king. I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me. Verse 15. You may indeed set a king over you whom the Lord your God will choose. Did that happen? Remember, Israel chose Saul. They liked him. He was head and shoulders above everyone else. He was everything they thought that they wanted in a king. But God rejects Saul. And tell Samuel, I am go and tell Saul I have rejected him. I am going to show you the next king. So before David kills Goliath, Samuel goes to Jesse's house and then goes through seven other brothers until he gets to the eighth son, David. So listen, David was so forgettable that even his father's like, Oh, wait, I got one other kid. Yeah, that's right, David. I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit. But he says, but he's just a boy. He's just a shepherd boy. And Samuel says, I got a scene. Bring him in here. So they go out three days. I'm joking. They go out and they find him in the back of the field, bring him in. And as soon as Samuel sees David, the Lord says, anoint him. So here comes this dirty, filthy runt. He's anointed a king. Whenever something was anointed, what does that mean? It means God chooses it. You may indeed set a king over you whom the Lord will, your God will choose. One from among your brothers you shall set as a king over you. You may not put a foreigner over you who is not your brother. Now why is that, by the way? Why is it that it must be an Israelite and not a foreigner? Because it would be the people of Israel who would have the knowledge of the sacrifice and of the true faith that, that God had given to them. Only, <laughs> there's, only there's, there's very few things that the, the king must not do. <clears throat> no, no, I mean, he was supposed to keep the law. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he would have to follow the law just like everyone else. But there are specific things mentioned. 
Only he must not acquire many horses for himself or cause the people to return to Egypt in order to acquire many horses. Since the Lord has said to you, you shall never return that way again. Why is he talking about horses here, man? It's everything. It's power, money, prestige. What is the, what is the sport of kings? Horse racing. Horse racing. It's a symbol of power. Where, where does our power come from? From the Lord. Who would anoint the king? God would. What was the purpose of a king to serve? A king should have been a pastor. I'm not saying I'm a king. I'm saying that's the way the king should have been. He was a pastor of the people. Verse 17. Hold your breath here, boys and girls, because this one's going to be shocking. And he shall not acquire many wives for himself. Did David acquire many wives for himself? Aren't you glad Solomon didn't follow in his dad's footsteps? <laughs> David had rough, what was seven wives, I believe it was. Solomon had how many? Why should the king not acquire many wives for himself? Lest his heart turn away. Lest his heart turn away. Have you ever been cold towards somebody in your life? And then you realize the error of your ways and you want to make amends. What kind of a process is that? When you've lost someone's trust, you've lost someone's favor, how hard is it to regain that? I know this is going to be shocking, but God knows what he's talking about. And sometimes when God says no, it's not because he doesn't want us to have fun. It's because God knows the consequences of our actions. And when God said to, through Moses to write these words, it, it was because God knew what would happen. This is a prophecy, is what this is. Let me, let me finish it, because there's a, there's a conclusion here to, to what is written. Nor shall he acquire for himself excessive silver and gold. And when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself in a book a copy of this law. In his own handwriting. So David wrote the law in his own handwriting. And these words were there in it. It'll be approved by the Levitical priests, meaning they have looked at it, and yes, every word is in there. Do you know why that's in there? Because if you were the king and you didn't like something, you could strike it out. But the priest would make sure that everything was correct. Kind of like sometimes when I'm teaching or preaching, I'm going to say something you don't like. Because I'm supposed to do that. 
Because if you were left, sorry, if I were left to determine what was right and wrong based on what I want, man, I'd be justifying a lot of crazy stuff. Mostly punching people. Like, punching people would be my thing. That would be my, my, my scribble out. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm a man of peace. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Hey, hey, that wasn't funny. It shall be with him, and he shall read it, read in it, all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by keeping all the words of this law and these statutes and doing them, that his heart may not be lifted up above his brothers, and that he may not turn aside from the commandment, either to the right hand or to the left, so that he may continue long in his kingdom, he and his children in Israel. I'm telling you, this is like, this is David. This is David. This is him. All right, we have a few minutes here. I may take a minute or two. Let's talk about David real quick. When David becomes king, how does that happen? All of the tribes gather together, and they agree to make David king. That's unheard of. That's unheard of. In unison, he's king. David becomes king because he, he loved Israel. He loved the Lord as God. He didn't just love Israel like a nation. He loved what Israel was. Israel would be literally the one that would bear the Messiah. David loved that. This was more than nationalism. This wasn't about David building a kingdom. This was about David and the kingdom of God. So David becomes king. If you look at David's life and the history of David and how he goes about becoming king, he takes this city that he calls Zion. He says to, to whoever... To whoever goes in through the gutters of this city and climb the aqueducts, whatever they were, climbs into the city and takes the city for, uh, from the Jebusites, I will make them the highest commander in the army. And his nephew Joab scuttles right through, runs in and leads the charge to take the city. That city was Jerusalem. David becomes king and establishes Jerusalem as the capital city of Israel, of all of Israel. What, what does David do? What does David do? We have this, this tent that has served as a place of worship for all of these years. They now have a city, a city of God. David says, you know, we need a place to worship. That's David's heart. So he goes and he buys this piece of land from this gentleman. The gentleman offers to give it to David. And David says, no, 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 I can't take anything lest I pay for it. How can I receive from you something that I'm going to give to the Lord? 
and that piece of land that he buys is where the temple would be built the place where the sacrifices would be offered and then David sits about building the city the city of David and in the building of the city of David David builds a house with a tower and when all the men go off to war David the warrior does not go The second he becomes king, (laughs) you can see the enemy begin to manipulate David. David, you're a king. And this is not shocking to me. I mean, it's human nature. I get it. And please don't miss, I'm not trying to paint this as like, none of us would ever do what David did. sure about that David gets lifted up in pride literally and figuratively and what does he do after everything that has happened in his life he sins he sees Bathsheba and tells his men bring her bring her to my house him and Bathsheba They weren't platonic. She gets pregnant. We know the story. David has her husband killed. Tells Joab, take him out to the heat of the battle and withdraw yourself and let the men kill him. All because David did not want to be exposed for being an adulterer. So now he's a lying, adultering murderer. So question, we all know the law, after our study in Romans, we know none of us can keep the law. But the law does serve a good purpose in revealing to us what is right and what is wrong. If David has a handwritten copy of the law, do you think maybe, just maybe, that when Nathan the prophet confronts him and says, David, i got a question for you, O wise one. There was a man that had a little bitty, little bitty lamb, and oh, he loved that lamb so much. There's this other man that had thousands and thousands of sheep, and he wanted that little lamb that was raised in that man's household. He held it in his arms. He loved it with everything. He took that lamb from that man and made it his own. What should be done to the man that took that lamb? Off with his head. And then Nathan looks at him and says, Hey, David, you're that man. Do you think David's mental catalog, that Rolodex goes, Uh oh. Uh oh. I've done exactly what I was told not to do. I know this because David writes and he says, Oh God, oh God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Take not your spirit from me. Lord, against you and you alone have I sinned. Now, David had sinned against Uriah and Bathsheba and all of Israel. But who had he sinned against? God. He recognized it. 
he realized it. He sees all that he has done. And he knows that he has sinned against God. And he is, as Everett said, the great repenter. David pours out his heart before God and he says, God, I feel like every joint in my body has been dislocated. I don't know if you know this or not, but that was a means of torture in that day. They would dislocate every joint in your body. And you just flop like a fish. The excruciating pain of having a... Anybody ever had a dislodged shoulder or a, a, some joint come up? Come, I, I don't feel too good, does it? Kate, come here. Let's pull your arm real hard and see what, see what it feels. David says, that's what I equate the pain of guilt to feel like. So here's a question to kind of kick off our introduction to um, 1 Kings. I almost said 1 Chronicles. Gosh. The 1 Kings. Here in the last days of David's life, we do not have a recorded sin. It does not say that anything about this was um, you know, sexual or anything like that. It's very weird, and I get that. And some people will say, well, this was a typical medical procedure in that day to, to keep someone warm. And in the fact that, of David being king, that's why they searched out a beautiful young woman to go and lie with him. So, because it's like, why does the boss drive a Maserati instead of driving a, a Mazda? Why does the boss live in a million, you know, I'm sorry, million dollars. <laughs> That's chump change. You know, a $30 million uh, you know, penthouse suite versus a $30,000 mobile home. Well, I mean, you got to look the part, you know. So they're, they're getting a Maserati for David instead of a Mazda. But how many of us in this room reading this story think to ourselves, man, David done done something else. I know he did. There's something weird about this. Got to be. We wouldn't be surprised, would we? Let's be honest. We wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. We're sick. Could be. Mm -hmm. Someone who's not sick. <laughs> No, that's a, that's a valid, <clears throat> yeah, I'm down with that. I'm, that's a valid point. But thinking about David and, and his life, his whole life, it's almost like this roller coaster where David is on top of the mountain. I mean, you can't get any better than this. And then what happens? Man, it can't get any worse than this. And back up and back down. Why is it that we have it in our minds? <clears throat> Maybe it's our good southern hospitality. Maybe it's our, our, the way we were raised to, to pretend like we're holy when we're not. Why is it we think we come to Jesus? Our lives are going to be perfect. Everything's great. It's wonderful. I'm not going to sin anymore. I got baptized. All my sins is gone. I'm a whole new person now. I'm never going to sin again. You lied right then. Unbeknownst to you, your life was going to be a series of Davids. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you can't have peace in your life. 
I'm just saying I love Jesus. I've loved Jesus my whole life. When I was a little kid, I loved Jesus. I'd pray and hear the Lord. I, I, I've always loved the Bible. I was a little bitty kid, and I loved the Bible. Bro, I was a dad at 15. <clears throat> See, Braden, what happened? What? But I love the Lord. When I came to grips with the fact that I was going to be a dad, I said, God, I don't want you to take the kid away. God, I don't want you to, 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 to fix this. I want you to fix this. Make me a man. Let me be a good dad. Was I a good dad? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I wasn't. I got it right sometimes. I failed sometimes. And that bothered me because I thought I should get it right all the time. But you know what I found out? Life is a series of getting it right and getting it wrong. And when I get it right, I don't take any credit for it. I praise the Lord for it. And when I get it wrong, I take full credit for it. And I go over to the Lord and I say, listen, I have must this up. Something first. I'm getting tired. My words are slurring. I ain't been drinking, I promise. I don't do that that often. So, as we go through this study in 1 Kings, please, please, that is where we're at, right? Please don't think that there's ever going to come a point when we're going to like start talking about how we can be victorious all the time and never mess up. Because I'm telling you right now, this story of the kings of Israel, it does not get any better. This is as good as it gets. Even when you got some good kings in Judah, they got some bad qualities. And there's hope in there for us. Now we're going to pick this back up next week and we're going to go right here. Right to this. Everything we've talked about tonight in the life of David. This is what God says to Samuel. I have rejected Saul as king. That was the people's pick. I am going to take you, Samuel, to the person that I will choose to be king, who is a man after my own heart. Do you feel conflicted with that? How can David be a man after God's own heart? That means the man that God loves, the one that God What's the word I'm looking for here? Connects with? Was it David's perfection? Oh. Was it David's husband, fatherhood, being a king? No. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my Lord, yes. Mm-hmm. And you'd, you'd, you'd done vacated the country. You'd gotten a whole new identity. You'd have a fake passport. No, there's no fake passports here in this building. I was a joke, CIA. You would, you would do, you'd crawl under the pew and not want to come back out. But you are a man after God's own heart. Any of you ladies here want to reveal all your life story? But you're still a woman after God's own heart. Because it's not about what you do. It's about what he's done for us. That's what David rested in. That's what he hoped in. And that's why he was a man after God's own heart. What is the heart of God? To redeem us by the blood of the Lamb. Does God follow through and make good on his promise to do that? Yes, he did 2,000 years ago. And today you and I are not judged based on what we have done or what we will fail to do. We are judged on what Jesus did for us and our faith in him. And I have been made righteous by him. Today, David is in heaven with Jesus. 
We talk about this down here. But it's forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, it's no longer attached to David. And that's our hope. I'm going to show you something, then we'll go home. <clears throat> when, when David passed from this life into eternity, that's what remained. That's what remained. And I said remained because this was here during David's life. Everything that David did is gone. But this remains.